Max Practice Audio. Over the last couple of years, I developed a unusual habit, an unusual hobby. And it's not something I do with a lot of my summers, but over the last few years, uh, it's been a part of my life. And this year, I've kind of got a head start on it. And that hobby is that I watch football. Not just live football, not NFL football, but like rewatch games and clips and stuff of that nature. Not just like highlights. That's easy to do. They're only five minutes, but like I'll sit down and watch two and a half hours of a game that just happened this year or the 2008 Oklahoma State Oklahoma game. I'll just rewatch football. And a lot of that is uh, on the personal side of my life. Uh, I'm a baseball fan and a Detroit Tigers fan, and the Tigers have sucked. So that's why I've been watching football. It's a lot more exciting, and there's a lot more going on, and there's a lot less sitting on your hands, depending on which team you watch, that is. I don't know which game from the MAC will be the game that I rewatched the most this summer or pay the most, most attention to in rewatching, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be Toledo-Western Michigan. And I say that a lot because I started rewatching it last night and I rewound it once I got to halftime and I'm kind of rewatching it again this morning. Um, there's a lot out of this game that we can kind of just look at and read, be entertained by. I mean, depending on which side you're on. If you're a Western fan, maybe not so much. But maybe there is a lot as a Western fan because, well, let's just, let's just look at the box score. Going into the game, Toledo was three and four. Western Michigan was six and two. Uh, Toledo won. Toledo lapped Western Michigan fifty-one to twenty-four. Uh, both teams had their starters come out of the game. Starting quarterbacks come out of the game. Uh, for Western, it was John Watson. He came out after the first drive. Uh, Caleb Ellaby, the the star true freshman, uh, he came in and he had a he had an awesome day. Uh, you don't expect quarterbacks to have very, very good days as true freshmen when they're not expecting to get any playing time at all, you know. Uh, but Caleb Elby, he was 23 of 28. That's 82% of his throws for 293 yards, 10.5 yards per attempt, and adjusted 11.9 yards per attempt, uh, two touchdowns, no picks. For Toledo, neither of their quarterbacks threw interceptions. Uh, combined, they had five touchdowns. Uh, Mitch Godogny was 10 of 18. Eli Peters, 8 of 14. Uh, they both had 100-plus yard days for basically 7.8, 7.6 yards per attempt. But those two are very different quarterbacks. Um, if I'm kind of fast-forwarding this from October 25th to today, March 14th, the year after, uh, teams are starting up uh, spring practice. Toledo, as you may guess, the headline now is there's a quarterback battle going on in Toledo. I know. it's wouldn't have expected that. But I think I'm more excited in the quarterback race at Toledo this year than I was at this point last year. Last year, Logan Woodside had graduated. He was one of the top throwers in Toledo history, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we had the battle come between Eli Peters, the redshirt, then the redshirt sophomore, who started out his collegiate career at Illinois, was there for a couple months, if that, 
and transferred over to Toledo right away for the 20, was it 16 season, I believe? Uh, sat out, then redshirted the year after that. Next thing you know, he's in this quarterback race with Guadagni, who was mostly seen as the team's holder um, on special teams. Exit Woodside, enter these two. These are the two most experienced quarterbacks on the roster. Um, well, I shouldn't say it like that. There were a couple seniors, but they didn't really participate too much, but I digress. Two different-looking quarterbacks. Guadagni was more the dual-threat guy, uh, not as effective on his throws. Peters, not as effective on his feet, more efficient on his throws. So you kind of look at, okay, what's the stylistic change? What do we really want out of this offense? What do we want looking forward? We do have three of the best receivers coming back this year, but those three will all be gone next year. And, you know, Deontay was on pace to return, but, of course, if you, you can read the room. If he's good enough, he's going to go pro, and that's just what he did. So now they're looking at a situation either way where they're having less experienced receivers um, in 2019, if you're viewing it from the perspective of 2018 looking forward, in 2019 you're expecting to not have those receivers. Which quarterback do you want to have the most experience going into 2019? If we're asking the same question now than we were back then, who's going to be the starting quarterback this year and who's going to put us in the best position moving forward as a program? It looks like they may not have found that answer in anybody yet. And that's not bad. That's fine. It's fine to have competition at quarterback. It's the most important position on the field. You damn well want the best player out there, not the most experienced guy out there. It's okay if someone lights the world on fire one year, and if they look really off in April, May, June, well, they're not on campus that whole time. They're not having official practices. But if they're not showing up in March and April, and they come back to campus in July, June, July, and they're not looking like they once did, and someone else is, you know, moving the ball a little bit better in practice, starting to get a little hype. Hey, open that door up. Let, let's see. Let's, let's compete. And that's the way it should be. And that's probably what you should expect when you go to college in the first place. That should be part of the recruiting pitch. There, there are no guarantees. You could be starting one year. You could not be starting the next year. That's just the nature of the beast. So now we're in 2019. We're looking at the Toledo quarterbacks right now. Same two guys at the top, but we also have to include uh, two guys that entered Toledo's roster last year as freshmen and both had to don red shirts. One being Carter Bradley, an Elite 11 quarterback. I believe he was a high three-star, low four-star quarterback. Whatever. It doesn't matter. He's awesome. And the other quarterback being Cross Wilkinson, who uh, is pretty fun to watch on the run. Both of those guys come from Florida and West Virginia, respectively, so out-of-state guys. So this spring, I'm interested in see and what are those guys got? And can they keep this quarterback race exciting, uh, not just through spring ball, but if they're looking hot in July and mid-August, you know, Someone's going to have to ask something at media day before a decision is made, right? Right? I'm curious to see. And then look at the quarterbacks at Western Michigan. Obviously, Wasink, he, uh, he's going to be returning this year, 2019, and he's expected to start for a third year straight. No reason to you know, think otherwise there. That should be the plan all along. He's 
a good quarterback. So, yeah, keep him in there. Caleb Ellaby, the backup, he's, he's good. I like him. You like him? I like him. And that's part of why I want to watch this Toledo game because I think it says a lot about just him in general. Like what, uh, but what made him an accurate passer? What made him efficient? What were the throws that he was hitting on? Was he hitting the deep balls? Was he hitting only swing routes? Was he daring stuff over the middle, daring deep over the middle, daring short over the middle? Was he being pressured a lot? A lot of this stuff I don't remember. I think I was actually working when this game was played, and I didn't get to watch any of it until the fourth quarter or something like that. I just remember it being a blow by the time I got home. But the point is, he is a uh, very, very exciting player, and uh, I want to learn a lot about him because he is so young, and he is a redshirt freshman, and he's he's bound to be the next three-year starter at Western, pending uh, another John Watson injury. Actually, scratch that. I just had to look it up really quickly. He is a sophomore. He played in five games last year, so that means he kind of burned his red shirt. But, again, pending a John Wasink injury, he might not have to play four games this year. And I'm sure that's the best-case scenario for Tim Lester and his staff. They want the best player on the team for as long as possible. It's pretty simple math. But if we can also look away from the quarterback position and kind of look at other positions because, you know, they're... I don't know, 21 other guys on the field at the same time that need to be examined. Duh. Both teams return a lot of returning talent that I'm going to be excited to, you know, look back on and say, okay, this is what they did in this really important Mac West game, as it always is, and see how they did. And, you know, we can uh, use this information to look forward into not only the 2019 season, but the uh, 2019 Western Michigan Toledo game. Uh, Bryant Kobach this is uh, one of the really good Kobach games, too. Uh, in his first year with Toledo, uh, he carried the ball no fewer than seven times in any of his games, and he carried the ball uh, double-digit times. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times, and this being one of them, he had 10 carries, 99 yards, one TD, basically a yard away from his first 100-yard game after coming off a uh, Buffalo loss where he had 9 carries for 81 yards. Two weeks before that, he had 11 carries for 90 yards against BG. He was really starting to come into his own, and he was really starting to, I guess, what's the, what's the, uh, what's the phrase I want to go with here that makes no sense to anybody but myself, but I want you to agree with me. He was starting to develop his own personality in that Toledo backfield, and it was starting to be more expressive. Uh, a lot of the attention obviously went to Shaquille Seymour. He was incredibly reliable last year, especially in short field situations. To you know, Logan Woodside would help move the ball from one twenty to the other, and Shaquille Seymour would just take it home. Uh, that was the game plan with him, and he was starting to be a very reliable every down back. He was starting to move the ball in midfield, so it was fun to see him get involved, but. I feel like Bryant Kobach also has that potential to be the every down back, and if they wanted to limit Shaquille Seymour to being, you know, more of the the red zone presence, I still think that's a uh, a pretty good way of going. Or they can mix it however the hell they want. They're grown men, but Bryant Kobach he was doing really well, and this is one that I kind of wanted to look at, and you know, just see how he's playing, and kind of just go from there, because I'm going to check out that Ball State game. Oh, you best believe I'm going to check out that Western Ball State game. 
You best believe it. Nothing happened. I just, you know, I just really want you to know I want to watch that game. Nothing happened. And the other guys are worth watching uh, in this game. Obviously, Shaquille Seymour, um, the quarterbacks that we already talked about. I know Toledo's missing a lot of those receivers, the Johnsons and Cody Thompson, but Desmond Phillips is still back. He's going to be um, very heavily relied upon slot receiver. How reliable? Well, not how reliable is he going to be. We'll find out next year, but... How heavily relied upon will Toledo be on its slot receivers, uh, most specifically Desmond Phillips? Like, what importance are the slot receivers going to be um, in terms of whoever the hell they're going to put a starting quarterback? Because Guadagni's not that throwing presence, but if he can attract more more uh, more defenders in the box with his legs and kind of just quickly dump it out to his slot receiver so he doesn't have to make... Uh, he's not expected to make the throws that Logan Woodside made a few years ago because they're just different players. I know they're playing for the same team, but they're just different styles of players. Um, what's Desmond Phillips' contributions going to be? He had three catches in this game for 13 yards. Um, I know that's not much, but he did see the field a lot, and I kind of want to see what his his, uh, his blocking looked like too. How was he there? Because that'll kind of determine if, if they're going to go to – you know, whoever at running back, do they want to rely uh, running the ball outside to his side? That is a very minute detail, but something to watch. It is March. Football season is still many months away. Let me be. Oh, and of course, Levante Bellamy. Love that guy. Uh, but in this game, he had he wasn't the most productive, but, you know, that's why Western's deep. Uh, they had two running backs. Also, they lost. But Levante Bellamy, he had uh, nine carries for 44 yards, five catches for 29 yards, no scores. So 73 total yards for from scrimmage, 5.2 yards per play. And uh, But, yeah, the big name for uh, Western Michigan, Jaden Reed, Bird. Uh, he had two touchdowns that game, six catches, 103 yards. Uh, the, the guy is... Absolutely awesome, and he's really fun to watch. Um, and all, and well, two phases of the game because he's a he's a returner. He doesn't look like he returned. Yeah, he had two kick returns for twenty yards in this game. Uh, Levante Bellamy had two kick returns for forty-seven yards. Chase Brown had one for twenty-eight. I, I Bird Reed is so fun. Western, you're so lucky to have that guy, and that's why you're expected to win a lot of games this year. But yeah, I'm just going to. Uh, and this thing here, I'm going to go ahead and start taking my notes on this game uh, just to see where I go from here. I know I never really was like a, a film guy or a rewatch football guy until recently. Again, I mean, I already told you it's a lot of things because the Tiger suck and I need to not keep myself bored and do something that's boring to most other people except for myself. But it's something I'm... I've been interested in lately, just in rewatching games and just kind of analyzing things a little bit more. I'm not trying to be a all twenty two guy. Not trying to be a Ted Nguyen of any sorts. Uh, not trying to be a I know more than you guy. I just really want to enjoy the game more, and I want to just study the personalities more. I want to, you know, when I talk about Brian Kobach, I want to tell you what he's actually good at. And when I talk about Shaquille Seymour, I want to tell you what he's actually good at. And I want to tell you how they're different and why 
they're used differently? Like, what are their skill sets, and how do they determine whether or not Toledo goes for a run play here or there or whatever? So with all that said, I'm going to uh, log off of here. Gonna Hopefully this thing will publish. I've been having a little bit of trouble with that. Uh, so if you're hearing this, I didn't have as much trouble this time around. I may or may not have to uh, give myself a two-a-days or two just to, uh, you know, just to get more episodes under my wing right now. But until then, I'm Alex Alvarado, and thank you for listening.